What's going on, everyone? And welcome into this edition of Be Shafe Daily Live. As tonight, we're breaking down another loss for the Cardinals in a series opener. I don't know if that's nine in a row, ten in a row. I haven't counted how many series they've had this season, uh, but they haven't won one, and uh, that trend continued tonight with a five to one loss to Los Angeles, uh, the Angels version of Los Angeles at Bush Stadium here on this Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. Oh my goodness, when is it going to end for the Cardinals? I don't know. I didn't see any signs of it happening tonight. Uh, It's not good when you have a start that I labeled for Steven Matz as one that he needed to do well in. I called it kind of, and I don't know if the Cardinals viewed it this way, but I thought they should, kind of an audition for keeping in the rotation. Like, does he keep his rotation spot? Should he? I don't know. This should be an audition because they can't afford to just continue going along the way they're going. That's kind of how I see this Cardinals team right now. And there are only so many changes you can make. There are only so many things you can do differently. We'll talk about the fact that I don't think they made enough of those changes when it comes to the roster ahead of tonight's game. They did make one roster move, but that to me was not nearly enough for kind of the shakeup that I thought this team should have. And uh, it just basically did not have ahead of the Tuesday homestand beginning game. So we'll talk about that. But I thought the one thing that I would kind of keep my eyes on would be Steven Matz. Could he find it? Could he justify the salary? Could he justify the contract? Could he justify his place in the rotation with a good outing tonight for the Cardinals? And I do my radio show from 4 to 6 on KTGR, and so then I drive to the stadium when it's over. I was in the elevator, just getting into the elevator, getting up to the press box when uh, the game ended. Taylor Ward, three-run homer against Steven Matson. From there, it was pretty much over, right? Because the Cardinals, they took about half the game to get their first hit. And Ollie was asked about it post-game, whether having a bad start like that at the beginning of the game, getting down 4-0, does that wear on the offense and have an impact? Does it carry over? As I walked down to the the press room, that was the question on my mind. I said, if somebody doesn't ask it this way, I'm going to ask that question. And uh, somebody else did ask it. But does it carry over to the offense and and kind of bleed into the way that they took their at-bats a little bit tonight? And Ollie sort of admitted, I don't remember verbatim what he said, but admitted the human nature aspect of it. Uh, you know, it's something you try to fight, but it, it's, it's natural that that might happen a little bit. And I thought for sure that it did because the Cardinals were very lifeless against a lefty Patrick Sandoval tonight for the first five innings or so. Uh, Tyler O'Neill gets him going with a base hit end up scoring a run in that inning on an Andrew Kisner ground out, but that was it. That was all the offense that the Cardinals were able to come up with tonight, and it never really felt uh, much different than that. You know, there were there were maybe moments that, that later on in that fifth inning, Tommy Edmond had him loaded, or not loaded, but he had two guys on, runners at the corners, potentially an opportunity against a lefty because Tommy does so well against lefties. I thought, you're the tying run. If he were to have a big swing right now, maybe that could be the thing that changes this game. Um, but it just didn't happen. He he grounded one back to the pitcher, I think, in that at-bat. Um, there were a couple of other moments, but not very many where the Cardinals really could have broken into this uh, 4 nothing deficit and, and ultimately 5-1 to deficit that they lose the game by. Uh, it was lifeless, man. And after the game, uh, you, you may have seen Ollie's presser on TV. Uh, I, I said this off the top, but it's always a good sign when the manager's asking you questions, which is what happened to me tonight. Um and it's fine. I don't. I don't mean anything by that. If if you know, Ollie wanted a little clarification about what I asked, but the, I I thought the question that I asked was relevant, and what I was hoping to hear was just you know something different than we hear when you say, okay, you know the team's struggling. Everybody knows the team's struggling. You know, what does it take to get through something like this? And and that's kind of a repetitive question that obviously we hear a lot of at this point because the Cardinals are now what 
two in their last nine uh, in their last 11 games after the two and eight road trip. And so they're struggling. Everybody knows it. But the the, the million dollar question is, where do they go from here? How do they get through that over that hump, whatever analogy you want to use? And so I wanted to try to ask that a little bit of a different way to say, like, is there a, a flashpoint or a rally point that this team needs to find in order to get him over the hump? Because you can look back at a couple of games over the season. Uh, the the big win over the Diamondbacks comes to mind when they knocked out Madison Bumgarner and got him DFA'd. Like, there have been moments in the Cardinals season where you go, hey, is that it? Is that the thing that they can rally around as a team? But very disappointingly, it has never turned into momentum beyond that one game. They haven't been able to sustain it. And now they're, they've lost, what, four in a row, uh, getting swept by the Dodgers, and then uh, the, the other L.A. team taking it up tonight beating the Cardinals at Busch Stadium and the Angels, they haven't been able to find that momentum. And so I was kind of wondering, you know, a different way to ask the question of how do you get through this is to say, does there have to be like a a moment that you can rally around to put you forward and get you going in the right direction again, a break that goes in your way? And that was kind of where Ollie, you know, he he asked for clarification, which is always a scary moment. You're like, yeah, this is probably on TV. I hope I don't sound stupid. Um, But you kind of rephrase your question the way you want it. And then he actually did end up giving what I thought was a really compelling answer where he basically said, you know, the league is not feeling sorry for us. The league is not looking at the Cardinals and, and you know, no, they're celebrating the way the Cardinals are struggling because a lot of teams don't like the Cardinals based on their historic success. They've been a really good franchise for a really long time. And uh, there's nobody going to gonna take the Cardinals for granted or feel sorry or anything like that. They're relishing in the fact that the Cardinals are struggling. And Ollie's probably right about that. I know other fan bases certainly feel that way um, because the Cardinals have put the herd on a lot of teams throughout the years. Um, but he said, you know, we're, we're not going to shy away from that that challenge and that task. I hope that's true. It's it's good to, good to hear that. But I just can't help but feel that something has to change, like fundamentally. There has to be something different. And I'm not saying, you know, and, and I'll look in the comments and I'm sure there's a lot that's going to be said about the manager's job and John Mozeliak's job and all of these things. I thought the one thing off the top should have been a more substantial turnover to the roster after what we saw on the road trip. And the one move they made was to send down Zach Thompson for uh, Guillermo Zuniga, which uh, he looked pretty good tonight. So he'll probably have a little staying power in that bullpen. Um, But the the move to move Thompson after he had really struggled with command, he looked so good to begin the season, did Zach Thompson. And then it just kind of went away from him. And his his recent outings have been really rough, walking a lot of guys in those games. And uh, they, they make the move. I like the explanation that I saw, though, from Ollie from pregame is that they're looking to have Thompson join the rotation in Memphis. They want to stretch him out to be a starter. And that's partially with an eye on 2024 because they are going to need other options in the rotation next year after Flaherty goes in free agency, uh, Montgomery in free agency, and Wainwright uh, to retirement. So I, I can see how the optics of making a move like that in the, the early portion of 2023 when they've had the start they've had, it doesn't look very good to say, hey, we're going to prioritize the 2024 rotation by making this move. That's kind of like, all right, but what if he's helping this team, which needs all the help it can get? Like, isn't that a concern? Um, But I didn't really view it that way. I viewed it as, like, it's okay to have a long-range view in certain regards because how many times have we seen a a hot pitching prospect for the Cardinals and they're, they're excited to get him to the big leagues and so they call him up but now he's in the bullpen and he's kind of stuck there. And I've said this for years. You will never, in terms of player value, you'll never have a reliever that is as valuable as a good starter. It'll never happen. You could be the most valuable reliever in the league, but if you have a quality starter, that guy's going to carry more value to the team because he's going to throw more innings and have more of a chance to impact 
the team throughout 162 games. It's just a fact. And so I don't want to see a guy who's a former first-round pick in Zach Thompson relegated for life to a bullpen role, or you say for life, but the life of his first contract or his team control with the Cardinals. I do think he should be uh, having an opportunity to start because he has more of a, of a ceiling to impact the Cardinals positively if he gets that chance. Now, the the one thing about that is you, you've got to kind of pick your spot with when to do that. And I thought this was fine because he has actually been kind of struggling recently, uh, Zach Thompson with command. So, like, you send him down, and it's just like a good kind of flashpoint to say, all right, you've been struggling anyway. How much are you really helping the Major League bullpen right now? Let's get let's reorient the the direction of your next year by saying, well, let's get you started now to compete for the rotation, which doesn't mean he couldn't do it and rejoin the team in 2023, by the way. He just needs to throw more innings in this summer in order to be considered for, you know, 140, 150 innings next year. It's just a it's a numbers game. Uh, same thing kind of was said about Andre Pallante to begin the season, and, and it's just, you know, a fact that you're not going to be able to go from – 50 innings, 60 innings this year to a staple in the rotation next year. There has to be sort of a bridge to that. And so I don't hate it about uh, Zach Thompson because he wasn't really helping the team anyway with his last couple of performances. Uh, Whether they get him back up and and he can join the rotation later in the year if there's a need kind of remains to be seen. But that was the only move they made. And I thought, surely you can find a batter from Memphis that the manager is going to trust to use in a late-game situation ahead of Taylor Motter. And I hate to have it continue to be this way, that this is the narrative surrounding a, a big league player who has earned his opportunity, but the Cardinals do not have a use for Taylor Motter strategically day-to-day. It doesn't, it, they, they could get more out of Juan Yepes. They could get more out of Luke and Baker. Find somebody from that Memphis team who was swinging the bat well, and if the manager is going to use him in a late-game situation, he should be here in St. Louis. The, the offense is the thing. I think it was about a week ago at this time that I said on this podcast, Cardinals fans, it's not going to be the starting rotation that you guys are worried about that, that holds this team back when we're talking about the Cardinals weeks and in, in, in a couple of months from now. It's going to be the inconsistency of the offense if they don't solve that. They're not scoring right now. They're not hitting, and frankly, they're not taking very good at bats. There comes a point where you're in a season and you ask the manager, Hey, what do you think of the at-bats you saw tonight? How's the approach and those sorts of things? And some nights he'll tell you it was good. Some nights I think Ollie is a, a straight shooter. He'll tell you it was bad if it was bad, if you thought it, it didn't look right. But there comes a point where, like, you can ask that question over and over, and if you get the, the same answer a lot, it's like, I'll just use my eyes and know what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of Cardinals that are half-swinging right now, that are not committed on on I'm going to attack this pitch. It's in between, and I've been defending Dylan Carlson as somebody that should be in the lineup every single day, it was ne- it never made sense to have Tyler O'Neill as the center fielder of this team. He wanted to be the center fielder. They tried it out, and they I think they let it go a little little too long, longer than they needed to. But at the same time, if nobody else is playing defense well and hitting well to take the job from him, I think that's why it took a little bit of time for them to just say, it, it, he's better in left field. We're a better team if he's in left field. Let's keep it that way. Uh, Dylan Carlson has not taken the bull by the horns, so to speak, to, to take an everyday job in the lineup with what he's done offensively. And he is a guy tonight that I saw taking half swings. He's not the only one. He is far from the only one that I saw doing it tonight. But th- just the lack of commitment of I'm going to attack a pitch and and swing with all my might at it because I I recognize what pitch it is and where it's going to be, it's pitch recognition at that point. If you're not if you're not confident enough to, to full bore let it ride, then you're not going to do damage. And the Cardinals... They, it just doesn't look like they have the ability to do damaging swings right now to the baseball. 
Like Arenado had one line drive to left that I thought was was a nice swing, um, but it didn't carry out of the park, right? Uh, it just there's not enough of it consistently to expect to be doing things offensively that are going to get you out of this hole the Cardinals are in. And again, you can ask you can ask everybody's opinion, but it, there does come a point when you, you're ten and twenty. Like I I value your opinion. I'll ask the questions, but I can also just opine and say it doesn't look right. It doesn't look right like right now for the offense. Uh, they are swinging and they're recognizing and they're attacking their types of pitches consistently enough to do damage. It's just, I mean, it's bottom line. And so it's a frustrating situation for the Cardinals to be in. Um, I can talk about Steven Matz. I think there will be a lot of questions about it, and I've kind of droned on long enough. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to like the stream and share it on Twitter if it doesn't kick you out of it. If you're on your phone and you can't leave, then don't leave. Uh, but give me a like and subscribe on YouTube if you've never uh, seen my channel or if you, you've seen a video or two but you've never bothered to subscribe. Give me a subscription. It means a lot as I try to build this up. But I'm going to take a, a quick drink of water, and then I'm going to dive into your comments. So get the chat rolling. Uh, we're going to spend some time there, and I'm sure there will be Stephen Matt's questions. I've got takes on that, so don't worry. You won't miss it. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's do this. Um, Allison said, hey, I stayed awake. Is this how Cubs fans have felt for years? Even when the Cardinals are in the the throes of a of a bad run, they still their fans still find a way to to dig at the Cubs, which I can appreciate. Uh, we've got how many games below five hundred will it take before Nolan decides, hey, this is bad? Yeah, I saw that comment from Arenado before the game, uh, from pregame, and I wasn't like I said, I do a radio show four to six, and so it's unfortunate that I don't have quite that level of access that I would love to be able to be at those pregames. Uh, to talk to the players before games. I can't always do it unless it's a day game. Um, but I can still tell you, you know, other people are there and they're sharing the, the information they get via Twitter and we'll full credit them and and, and tell you what's going on when they, uh, when they do so. But I think John Denton tweeted it out, so I'm going to try and find it real quick if I can see here. Uh, yeah, John Denton this afternoon uh, said from Arenado, and this is a quote, we've got five months left. Sometimes it feels like life or death out here. Life or death out here because of the expectations are always so high. But there's so much season left, it's hard to comprehend why people are reacting the way they're reacting, but I get it. Uh, so, you know, that was a little bit of a, a, a preach of patience uh, asked from the third baseman there. But, how you know, he's got to answer the question some way. I like to keep those things in mind. But, yeah, if you're a Cardinals fan and he sort of says, it's hard to comprehend why people are reacting the way they're reacting, um, you know, He's watching every day, too, but he just has a little bit of a different perspective. But if you're at home watching it, I, for the record, it's not hard for me to comprehend how you're reacting the way you're reacting. And tonight was a bad step in the wrong direction. I thought it was a step that mattered because, and, and I'm sure there's so much in here as I get into the comments about Ollie Marmol and different things like that. And, like, I've continued to say Ollie's a good manager, and I, I'm going to maintain that I think he is and is capable of getting them out of it. But I'm also going to say something new, which is that, there does come a point, I don't know when that point is, but you can't infinitely lose games forever. Like, you can't have a, a 10 and 152 game season, and that's your record, and have Ollie Marmol be the manager at the end of it. I don't know when that point arrives, but it, it's not an infinite leash on this the, in terms of making a move or not. My preference would have been a lot of roster moves this week so that you can sort of say, all right, we're trying everything to fix it, because we we've backed Ali Marmel as the manager and there's no, you know, there's there's no moving on from that without really trying to figure out what the problems are and, and, and exhaust every last resource. 
and I'm again, I'm not suggesting that anything is imminent, but I, it just does feel like the feel of it is end game Mike Matheny era in St. Louis, which is is not to say that it's just going to be the identical situation and they're going to fire the manager because I don't see how they fire the manager. I just can't fathom it uh, after the way they've gone about. Like again, they 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 put Ollie in charge and and took out a manager who was a winning manager to do it. And so that is not a good look if they were to go down that road. I don't think they need to go down that road, and I frankly don't think they should go down that road. However, I have to acknowledge that it's not infinite. It can't just be forever that they lose a bunch of games and they, you know, they they're ten and thirty one or they're they're fourteen and thirty one. Like they can't. There there has to come a point where something changes, or there's a conversation about how it needs to change before it gets to that point. Like I don't know. This is unprecedented to me because. When it was happening with Matheny, it was like, all right, you know, the, the, you, you could see signs kind of growing of a of a lack of Cardinal style of play over the course of multiple seasons where they don't make the playoffs, right? That's not the situation here, and I think that Ollie Marmel is on top of those kinds of things, but this is kind of a, a Cardinals staff and a Cardinals roster and a clubhouse right now that I feel like is a little spooked. Like, they didn't see this coming, and so it's a little jarring. You jump back and go, whoa. Where are we right now, and, and how close are we maybe to the brink of things going really, really badly this season uh, because we get to the point where we can't say it's early anymore, right? I've said mid-May would be a point where, like, you, if you're still struggling at that point, you got to look in the mirror and recognize that it's a problem. The road trip they just had expedited that process for me because if you listen to the big show uh, on KTGR in the last couple of days – I said DEFCON 1. Like I said, it's panic mode time now. It's not time to wait around for things to fix themselves. It's time to 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 do action, try to make actionable changes, and see if you can't spark something. And to me, to have another game of a 26-man that the manager's not going to use, to have another game where I start to kind of see the opportunities to use the lefties tonight like Gorman off the bench, and they don't do it. I get not wanting to take Carlson out of a game because he's your best defender in center field, and typically – you do the opposite of that. You go from maybe a lesser defense to a stronger one by the end of the game, but not when you're down by four runs and you need to to gain your way back into the game with offense. So, like, even the strategic moves that Ollie is typically totally on top of aren't being made right now, and that's that's fine. There was an explanation from over the weekend where they let Carlson take an at-bat that, you know, the, the metrics probably said you don't do. You probably give that chance to somebody else. And he, you know, said he was trying to take her shot because what happens if, Dylan Carlson does thrive in that moment and it sparks the team. And I, even if objectively it was the wrong strategic decision, I respected Ollie's decision as a manager to make it um, because that's, again, you have to kind of go with your gut on certain things and, and try to make things work when things are going as badly as they are. So I didn't hate that decision, but you can't do that every time because then it just sort of looks like you're just not, you're just kind of sitting back and, and not trying to make things happen. You're just trying to sit back and hope they happen. And there were, I think, moments tonight where you might say, hey, that's a net bat that maybe somebody else off your bench, if you trust those guys, could take. And then we haven't really seen a ton of that until it was like Burleson hit in the ninth, but it was already over by then. So, like, these are things that, again, I don't want to come on here and be the guy that's telling you, oh, yeah, everything's fine. Like, Ollie's a great manager. Like, I think Ollie's a good manager, but you have to recognize where you're at right now if you're the St. Louis Cardinals. And that means urgency. That means and, and, and again, he's showing that he's showing some fire in the post game. I thought like to, to double back and ask me to, to uh, re-explain my question and then have sort of the answer that he's had. He's trying to show a little bit of fire, but it's gotta be, I mean, it's gotta happen on the field. They've got to figure it out on the field. 
I would change things. I drastically would change things. I, th- I thought Nolan took a couple of good at-bats tonight, but he had a 6-4-3 double play on the first pitch that was kind of a, a turning point in the game because you maybe could have sparked a rally there if he comes through. He's your cleanup hitter. He's got to come through in some of those spots, and he's just going through it right now where he, he is not. He's not uh, contributing. He's not producing offensively. You move him down in the lineup. That's, to me, you move him. You move him somewhere in the lineup, not fourth. It, th- those va- those valuable at-bats are happening too often, and he's not coming through. And that's not to say that he's going to do this forever because I think the numbers will be there by the end of the season, but you can't just continue to do the same thing over and over again. That's the definition of insanity. And right now, there there's only so long that I think it makes sense to just act like the room in the house on fire is not, or around you is not on fire. And right now, I feel like, They've had that the first month where they're acting like it's not on fire, and it's like, well, it's too early to be on fire because uh, there's just plenty of time before this spreads throughout every room of the house to really put this out and have it be fine. But, like, it's spreading into the dining room now. It's into the kitchen. It's 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 growing, and it's not getting better day by day. So you can't any longer act like, well, we're still going to be able to just fix this by going through the process that we believe in. And maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I'm on here and I'm the one that's being a little bit too panicky by saying, hey, guys, I think this is getting a little dicey. Fans listening say, no, this is what I want to hear probably. Um, And I wouldn't be saying it disingenuinely if I didn't believe it um, because there are a lot of times where I say, hey, let's not overreact. Like, I think think everybody should just pump the brakes on the, the freaking out like it's early, whatever I've been saying. And you're hearing maybe my tone change a little bit because I think I think it ought to. We're into May now. And not only are they still struggling, but they've went, they've regressed. Like they're, they've gone backward. You can't be eight and eleven like they were a couple weeks ago, and then go to ten and twenty, and say, well, it's the same thing it's been. No, it got worse. Eight and eleven is one thing, but ten and twenty is press the panic button. You're running out of calendar to fix it, like mathematically. And so that's why you're maybe hearing the, the shift in my tone. It's not because they've kind of continued to slog along here. They've gotten drastically and measurably worse in the way they're performing in, in, in terms of wins and losses. That's just simple math at this point. You might think in your head, yeah, they're a playoff team, but they're not if they don't win enough games. And, and they can start the comeback at any point, but the longer you wait, just the math ends up being against you. And so... It's not It's not anything other than looking at the math is, is why I'm saying, hey, try anything. I, my dad asked me tonight, he said, do you think they could do this with the lineup and move? I think he said move Arenado up to two. And I kind of had said move him down in the lineup. But my dad was like, do you think they could move Arenado up to two? And I said, dad, I'll be honest with you. There's not any one suggestion you could make when it comes to a lineup change that I won't go, shoot, try it. I don't know. Because they, they have to try something. And I get it that like Arenado has been kind of adamant over the course of his time that he wanted to bat cleanup, not third, which a lot of people would say, you know, that's the the prime spot in the lineup is three, and the sabermetricians would say it's actually two. Um, but to me, power spot, the number three spot, you can bat in the first inning, first of all, so it guarantees you more at-bats. Like, I would want my best bat- hitters batting two and three if I had a, a team and I was managing one because they're going to take more at-bats and you're going to at least get them in the first inning. And like I said, I'm not going to have the sabermetric argument. I understand the data behind it that says two and then four are the more valuable spots. Um, but I, I I think I would look to say three is also a valuable spot. But my point with that is Arnado's always wanted to be cleanup because it's where he's comfortable. Right now, the team should be uncomfortable with the way he is performing in, in the cleanup spot. you got to move him. That's the way I look at it. And like I said, I could be wrong and overreacting, and he could go on a seven for 11 the next few games. 
and now I'm the dummy for saying they should have moved him, and they stuck with it, and they were right. When that happens, I'll mea culpa, and I'll say I was wrong. I don't think it's reactionary now to move guys in the lineup. It's not like you're saying DFA somebody. I'm saying have a different lineup and, like, like shake it way up. I would bring somebody else up from Memphis if he's been raking. Luke and Baker's been on a, on a hot stretch. Juan Yepes has done well. Bring that guy up and bat him third. Put him right in the middle of it and say, let's just see. He's swinging a hot bat right now. Let's just see if he can ride it and find a way to spark this team. I don't think there is a wrong answer because it, it it's that bleak right now. When you're 10-20, and 20, there's no, well, I don't want to hurt the feelings. I don't want to. How? How do you, how do you defend that? Uh, and then, you know, look back in October, November going, man, I wish we would have. I wish we could have a little bit sooner found a way to, to turn it around. I get being stubborn and, and wanting to go with the process-oriented approach of we believe that we're good in here, so we're just – but at some point the vibes are off, and you've got to do something different. I think the Cardinals are at that point. That's my opinion. You may agree with it. You may not agree with it. The team may agree with it. They may not agree with it. I just – I don't know how else to – I don't know how else to frame it. Uh, Hunter is going to spike the alcohol sales at Bush tomorrow. Good good on you, Hunter. Um It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun because even if the Cardinals lose, which they probably will uh, because Shohei Otani is on the mound, but you get to see Shohei. He didn't play tonight, which was a disappointment to folks that were uh, at the game. I'm sure bought tickets hoping to see him bad at least, and uh, Trout was the DH. They gave Shohei the extra day um, because the Angels were off on Monday, and so he gets two full days off in a row before pitching. I don't know if that should be any scarier to Cardinals fans or not. Um, but I'm just glad he's pitching on Wednesday because, like I had said, I'm not going to be at Thursday's game, so I'm uh, I'm excited to get to see him tomorrow. Uh, Daniel, props to you on doing these because it's the same thing every night. Yeah, like I said, guys, I don't know if you were here at the beginning, but for those who weren't, uh, I go to these home games a lot of times, and so if I'm covering the game, it's just going to maybe be a late night if I do it live, but I I appreciate that it's 1130 and people are still digging this, so uh, if, you, if you bear with me, I may be wrong. I may be able to do more live uh, podcasts during homestands than I had anticipated if people are still going to be hanging out. It'll always be kind of this way, 1130, you know, it's going to be a little later. Uh, but if you're down with it, I'm down with it. Uh, so appreciate that. Like the stream, by the way, if you haven't. We've got more people in the room right now than have liked. And if you can just give me a like on YouTube, that helps me out a lot. And uh, subscribe to the channel if you're new, if you're not new, if you've been around and go, oh, I am i don't know why I didn't subscribe. Would love to have you because uh, the faster I get to 1,000, the faster this ends up being uh, worth my time. Not to be that guy, but it Someday, I hope that I can, you know, make a little money off of this by uh, providing content, and uh, that's the name of the game. So, appreciate you guys for being here. Uh, Allison, so Wainwright pitching on Saturday, is it going to be worth the drive down? Checking out tickets now. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he rebounded a little bit in that last Memphis start. The first two with Springfield, not great. Even the one with Memphis, I think he went like five and a third, gave up four runs. Uh, I I said repeatedly, I'm not going to look too much into, like, the, the physical – what he actually did against the minor league hitters. All those guys were probably jazzed to go, hey, this guy throws 87 and he's a, a legend in the in the majors. We're gonna we're gonna take our best shot at him. I don't think it's panic time just because he struggled on the rehab assignments, but he's gonna come in throwing 87. You know what you're gonna get from him, and he's gonna have to pitch his ass off to be able to to do it. But that's been true of Wainwright for the last several years, right? And he said on, on 101 ESPN, I saw recently, he said, listen, I never was, I didn't ever have 95 in my bag. I was 92, sitting 92 in my prime. And now I'm sitting, you know, whatever he's sitting, 87, 88. It's going to be what it is. Wainwright's a pitcher. The Cardinals need to hope that he he can he can manage himself. The problem's going to be everybody, if they expect him to come in and save the day, like his physical presence 
might help them save the day because it might reorient the team and get them in a better mind space and everything like that. Uh, that was already something that was, I think, going on a little bit today. You could you could feel his presence back, but I mean they're gonna they're gonna have to get good pitching out of him too. But like I said, guys, it's good to replace Wainwright with with the outings you were getting from Woodford. I think that's fair, but that's not why they're losing a lot of these games. They they scored four runs like once or twice in the last week and a half or whatever it's been more than four I should say it's been a problem the offense is a problem right now and I'm not loving the at-bats they're taking because if they were taking good swings and they're hitting the ball hard and it's always just bad luck then you can look at it and say all right it's going to turn around they're going to regress to the mean on on the luck with some of this I didn't see a lot of bad luck tonight I saw a lot of kind of nondescript at-bats it's just the reality of it for me right now Mike guarantees in life Death taxes and the Cardinals not winning the opening game of a series. Yeah, I mean they're they're over on the season, and uh, and it was a question Daniel Guerrero asked it tonight of Ollie, and uh, he just kind of deadpanned and said frustrating. I think he said how frustrating is it, and he said frustrating, and did not elaborate on that. And he probably Ollie Marmel, if he doesn't regret it, he probably should, um, because it's not his fault that he couldn't have foresaw that they were never going to win the first game of a series. But you remember a couple of weeks ago when he was asked about it after like number six and he said, that's not really something that we look at because we're trying to win every day. And so it's not like we, we pay specific extra attention to the fact that we're losing these openers. And I said shortly after that, they maybe should start paying attention to it. And now they, they, sh- they certainly should because not only did they lose game one, the way they lost it was another starting pitcher giving up a four spot in the first inning. That offense thought they were cooked before they even took an at bat. And they were not wrong. <laughs> but it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like, if you think you're cooked in a game, you probably are. Because you nine are the ones that have to get you back into it. And they couldn't. And I almost think that you could make an argument that it's unfortunate for the Cardinals that Steven Matz threw up four scoreless innings after the first. Because if he hadn't, there would have been no question that he doesn't make another start. You move him to the bullpen. You call up Libertor. That is still what I would do. Let me be completely clear. You cannot continue to have these kinds of outings. The last time for Mats, he didn't get through the fifth, didn't give up a ton of runs, but he throws 90 pitches in four innings. It doesn't cut it. It does not get the job done. It, it burns your bullpen up too much to do it that way. Today, he got through five. Credit to him for that. I don't think that's enough for me to say, yeah, you run him out there another time. The contract, they it might dictate that that's what they do. I'm going to be on record that I think now's the time. You don't have time to wait, even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't physically change anything on the, the other four days of the week, I, I need the team to know that I'm trying to make moves. And so, Matts, we love you, but you're going to be in the bullpen for right now, and we're going to try Matthew Libertor because we're wasting his six-inning shutouts at Memphis. It doesn't do this team any good to have him there. Uh, we got to try something else. I would do it, and I would I would not wait another start. Um, can he be in the bullpen for a while? Sure. Uh, the point has been made. Uh, I think Jeff Jones tweeted this out that, He's, he's got less on his contract now than Andrew Miller did when the Cardinals signed Andrew Miller. So don't worry about the contract when you're trying to maximize wins as a baseball team in 2023. He'll be on the team, and maybe he'll rebound and find it as a starter down the road. I wouldn't have him make another start personally because I think the urgency is too great to allow it. You just have to be doing things so that the other guys in that clubhouse can go, all right, management sees us. They see we're needing a spark. Let's be motivated. Let's let's put a chip on our shoulder because of that. You know, our uh, it's our fault. If we're going to back Steven Matz, man, it's our fault that he lost his starting rotation spot because if we could have just hit for him, this wouldn't have been such a glaring issue. That's the, that's the energy that I think they need to find in that clubhouse, and they can say they've got it, 
but the proof will be in the pudding on whether or not you've got it. You're going to have the next guys back by going out there and grinding. And I'm not saying they're not grinding. I'm not saying they're dogging it. I'm just saying something ain't right, man. It's not, you can't lose this many games in a row and just expect it to just automatically, it's going to get better. The vibes got to shift in some way. I don't know if that's a flashpoint, a rally moment. I don't know what it is. I don't think you can take for granted that it's just going to happen. No matter how talented you are, there just needs to be that spark in a wake up. A season ebbs and flows, guys. Six months, it's not always going to feel the way that it feels tomorrow or yesterday or two weeks from now or a month from now. It's 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 a baseball season, man. It's a marathon, not a sprint. But you can only have so long of this before you mathematically put yourself in a bind. And the Cardinals are too talented to put themselves in that in that sort of bind this early in the season. That's the way I look at it. It's a compliment to the talent that they have in the clubhouse that I would say these things. Because if I thought they they sucked and had no chance, I'd be like, well, what are we? What are y'all wasting your time watching this for? No, I I go into it most every day thinking, surely today they'll they'll break out. Today on the radio, I think I predicted seven to four Cardinals win. I was wrong. They didn't. They weren't scoring no seven runs with the way they batted tonight. And there are only so many games when you face a Max Scherzer or a Clayton Kershaw or a guy that you go, yeah, okay, I get it. I tip my cap. He's 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 that good. I'm not diminishing Patrick Sandoval. He's a solid pitcher. He's a solid guy for the for the Angels. He's a lefty, man. Cardinals are supposed to kill lefties. Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Tommy Edmond, Dylan Carlson, they were all in the lineup tonight because they kill them. They crush lefties. They went out with a whimper as a team tonight. I don't know what else to say. Like, it's it's just facts. I don't I don't mean to be hurting anybody's feelings. I'm just telling you what it is right now. They They didn't have it offensively, and I don't know if that's really just a product of hey, they came in raring to go, and Steven Matz just kind of let him down with that three-run homer in the first walk in a batter. The walks have gotten to Matz. He's a pitch-to-contact guy too often, doesn't strike out enough guys to pitch to contact but also put guys on base for free. You can't do both. You cannot do both. And he did. He settled down brilliantly. I almost wonder if that's a mirage, though, that that costs the Cardinals because they say, oh, it's fine. He's settled in. He's going to start again in five days. Okay, what happens then if you get four and two-thirds, two runs? Do you say, well, he kept us in it? I'm not guaranteeing you that Matthew Libertor could do better. I don't know what he'll do at the big league level. He seems like a different guy with his numbers at Memphis this year, but I can't I can't claim to know for sure what's going to happen if and when he gets here. But don't you got to try it? Don't you got to do something? I thought so, but we didn't see a lot of movement in terms of the, uh, the relief pitching. There's one move, as we talked about. No moves on a position player front which, again, there's really only one spot that that I would say is flexible at this point in time. But they didn't do anything. They didn't make those moves, and that's fine, but it has to work. Eventually it has to work because this Cardinals season should not be a losing season. The roster's too good for it to be that way. It's just not meeting expectations with its performance right now. Alex says I'm pretty numb at this point, honestly. I wonder if this season continues this way, if it's the type of season that could change the organization's approach. I mean, it could. Like You can look at a lot of things that have been sort of little – little tick marks around of, wow, that really isn't great. That's not ideal. Like player development is something that I think should be talked about because you look at the way the Cardinals have had some of their young players come up and then either fall short of expectations. I'm talking about the guys that have them. Like it's good when the Brendan Donovans come out of nowhere and you go, oh man, that guy had a great fall league and now suddenly he's really a fixture in our future. Um, But the guys that get hyped up, man, I'm talking about the Nolan Gormans and the Carlsons. So much talent there, but like 
is are they going to end up meeting on expectations for the, the course of their Cardinals career? Because those are your top prospects. If your top prospects turn into stars, that's how you maintain the success that the Cardinals have had over the years. And you supplement from the outside. And John Mozilek has done a great job of supplementing with the Arenados and the Goldschmidts and, and those types of players. But at a certain point, the internal development, and particularly, though, on the pitching side, I think is where you look at it and you go, man, there are some really good pitchers pitching for other teams that the Cardinals, they just whiffed on it. They didn't realize those guys would turn into that. They didn't know how to get them to that point, maybe. You know, if you're going to give up on a Sandy Alcantara, and I get it, it takes talent to get talent. And if you need a, a slugging outfielder and you're going to have a pitcher to trade, you're not going to trade Jack Flaherty because you think he's going to help you sooner than the other guy. And they thought the same thing about Dakota Hudson, but that's a misevaluation at this point. Hudson's had his career play out. We've seen what Alcantara's become. That's a miss, you know? And, and again, we don't know that the Marlins would have taken Hudson instead of Alcantara. Uh, certainly that conversation may have been had. And then the Cardinals have to decide, well, we actually do value Alcantara a little more, but we also know we've got a, a hole in our outfield. We've got to make a move. Like that's being able to, to wheel and deal and like punch your ticket on those tough decisions is probably one of the most unheralded parts of the job. It's tough to be an executive in a, in a major sport like MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL. Like You've got to be the guy that has the final decision and rubber stamp that and say, I'm putting my ass on the line to say this is what my team and this organization needs. And sometimes you're going to be wrong and sometimes you're going to be right, but you've got to, you've got to go back the next time into the negotiating table and do it again because that's the only way you move forward. And so, like, we can speculate and wonder about all of these moves, and, and, and you're asking Alex about the approach of the organization. Like, the organizational approach has been a sound one, but there have been little examples of, ooh, yeah, maybe you wish you had that back. And so I don't know what needs to change with the organization's approach, but if they have a 100-loss season, I don't even need to go that far. If they don't have a winning season, and, and uh, even if they miss the playoffs, like, I know that right now they're probably an underdog to make the playoffs because their record is terrible, but they should make the playoffs. They should still do it. Otherwise, it's a it's a failed season. Uh, if they don't, man, yeah, I don't know what needs to change within the the approach, but questions have got to be asked, right, of why is this happening? Why is this happening to the Cardinals? Why don't we have the developed pitchers getting here? Why are we always every July looking to, to supplement? And we're, we're saving our skins with it. We're making some great polls at the deadline to get these guys in here and get it going in the second half. But that's not sustainable, right? And so how can we kind of reorient and redirect to have the development get back to where it's been? Like, I can't say there's a tangible drop-off because the next three months could play out and certain guys that we kind of in our mind consider, hey, they're not developing the way they should. Maybe those guys take off, right? They're all human beings. They've all got the human element. And so they might be, they're all working hard to try to get where they want to go and further their career. And some guys are going to have success and others aren't. I'm just saying we can't, I, I don't want to draw a hard line and say the Cardinals player development has, has taken a step back and it's wrong. But all we can do is look at the individual examples of, well, they did let that guy go. Well, Patrick Wisdom, he is a big home run hitter now for the Cubs. And it's also so interesting to think about it this way. And this isn't like to let the Cardinals off the hook. But you can look at it and say a lot of the guys who have gone to other organizations and thrived, they wouldn't have gotten the opportunity here because they were blocked at third base or they were blocked in the rotation or whatever it was. Now, why were they blocked and why were the Cardinals not able to identify that, hey, this guy's got it within him to actually get more of a look than we're giving right now? 
How do you how do you get to that point? I don't have the answer because when you're the Cardinals, you do have it on you to win every year. And that is maybe the blessing and the curse almost of never tanking and never just having a lost season because you can let young players like the Chicago Cubs have had years where they can let a Patrick Wisdom just go out and and just completely suck. If he if he sucks, he sucks. But he also learns from that experience and turns into a pretty capable player. Patrick Wisdom was never getting that look with the Cardinals, and so it's almost to his benefit that he ends up somewhere else just to to, to try to be a journeyman until he lands with the place that's going to let him cook. Sandy Alcantara was never – the Marlins let him cook. The, the Cardinals never could have done it. Or could they have if they would have identified the the things that would make him successful? Yeah. But I think we got to be honest and say sometimes that's just – that doesn't come to pass unless you have – a couple of years of struggling at the major league level or a year and a half or whatever it is. Cause I mean, you can go back and look at Sandy Alcantara. I don't know what the numbers are exactly, but I, I want to say that when he first got there to Miami, it's not like he was, uh, it's not like he was great right off the bat. I don't think And this year, by the way, he's struggling a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm wrong. He was great right off the bat. Uh, but, but he had the freedom a little bit to kind of do things that he was getting starts, right? He never started a game with the Cardinals. He had a 4-3-2 ERA in a, in a 8.1 innings with the Cardinals. And they kind of viewed him down the pecking order of the rotation. And so that's why a move like that gets made. I don't know what the organizational structure and the, the focus needs to be, Alex, on the approach. Uh, but clearly, you lose you lose games and, and you lose too many of them with this kind of roster. I do think you need to take a look at everything and say, why did this happen? They're not over. It's not done. The season's not finished yet, but when you get to that reflecting point, I do think that's a fair a fair point. Uh, Hunter, why on earth is Kisner ever playing after an off day, and why does Gorman continue to sit versus lefties when nobody looks like they have a pulse? Uh, that's that goes the Gorman thing goes directly into what I've been saying about do guys have an opportunity to develop with the Cardinals and, and see their full potential through? Uh, they're platooning the hell out of it right now because they think it's what allows them to win more games, but. I agree that some of the change you might make is say, let's have a guy bat in an opportunity where he otherwise wouldn't and see what happens because we have to spark something. And that's what happened with Dylan Carlson over the weekend when people were saying he shouldn't have batted there, you should pinch hit. And that, and, and I can understand the differences. One time is a guy is starting a game versus not starting a game, and he's going to get multiple at-bats against a lefty as a lefty hitter. It's different than you're in a late-game situation, runners on base, you need the best chance to win right there, and maybe Carlson wasn't that against a, a, a right-handed pitcher the other day. I get the difference between those two things. But, yeah, I mean, they're showing a willingness to do it sometimes, Hunter, and not other times. And it's like you said, it's not like they've got obvious guys that are just crushing it right now as it is. When it comes to Kisner, though, I don't know, man. Like, Kisner's is Kisner doing a better job defensively than Contreras? I'm not going to say he's not. Kisner's the one that made that diving play the other day in the Michaelis start. I think it was the Michaelis start. But that diving play at home play to kind of keep things intact. Like, I know there are people who would look at, the, look at this and my notion of saying, let's make changes. I said the Cardinals should have made a lot of changes. One of the changes I would not have made is a DFA of Andrew Kisner and bring up uh, Barrera or Herrera or whoever the catcher they want to bring up to be the backup is. I wouldn't do it. I think Andrew Kisner is more important to the pitching staff than than we might realize, and I think they they value the input there. And I don't I don't think I would necessarily trust just letting him go because you look at it and you go, he's at least been around. Like, everybody talks about Yachty, and Yachty was great, and I think we might be seeing some of that. 
But Contreras is a veteran player as well, and I think he's I think he can get to a point where he's really good at what he does. And I don't know if it's if it's the just kind of uh, early stages of joining a new team, if that's part of the struggles here with the pitching staff, if they're just not always on the same page. I think he puts in the work. I have no reason to believe that he doesn't. But I also think that if you just say, hey, our backup catcher is not hitting enough, so we're going to make a change there to try to spark the offense, you could end up looking at it and go, both catchers from last year are now gone, are now not on the major league roster at the same time. And does that have an impact that you they're just kind of flying blind out there if the catchers and pitchers don't have enough of a relationship? I don't know. I don't know what the impact of that would be. I just am not – for a team that's got so many things going wrong, I get that Kisner has not hit well. He did have the ground out RBI tonight, the only RBI. I get he hasn't hit well. None of them are hitting well. Backup catcher is not a place I'm looking to make a move, period. So I get it. You wonder why he starts. Um, I don't know. They're trying everything they can try. It's a little strange. Uh, Contreras doesn't have to catch every day, though, but I think it's also a factor of they've maybe liked what Kiz has brought behind the plate recently, and they're trying to get the most they can out of their their pitchers. I don't know. I think that's a fair question, um, but I think that's also a possible answer to it. I'm going to take a drink, but I'm trying to find the dang uh, spot I was on the chat here. Uh, J-Rose says the bats are dead. Not always struggling, but none of the weapons have life. What can they do to turn it around? Scoring runs has to be part of the solution. Yeah, it does. I would change the lineup, and you can ask, Brendan, should they do this with the lineup? And I would say yes. Pretty much yes. Should they move so-and-so to this spot? They should. Absolutely. They It can't hurt. It can't get any worse. So, yeah, I don't think they need to be – and, like, there will come a point where you don't want to rub a guy the wrong way. If Nolan Arenado wants to bat clean up, you know, that's that's part of what makes him comfortable. That's great. The team can't be comfortable with the at-bats they're getting from him at cleanup right now. And you can look at it and say, well, Brendan, he lined out to left at one point. That was a good at-bat, right? I'm like, yeah, but at some point you do you have to have results. And so I wouldn't argue with moving him down or up or anywhere. I, I wouldn't argue with anything that you might suggest, honestly. Uh, Caleb, Stephen Matz should not start another game. He's been awful. Hopefully the last four innings of his outing don't. Uh, you said don't the Cardinals' evaluation of his start, but don't change, don't alter, don't. The word I used was mirage. It might be a mirage to say, oh, he fixed it. He's better now. I'm not saying he's a terrible player, but I'm saying then we've seen enough to maybe make a move, to maybe say, hey, to the bullpen for a little bit, see how that works out. Let's try somebody else because we're it's just not giving the team a chance to win. On a day where you only allow four runs, you'd like to think the offense can do enough that you could qualify that as a chance to win. Not when the four come in the first inning. Not when it's on the heels of a two and eight road trip. That saps the life out of an offense, and it did. They didn't get a hit until the fifth. So yeah, it had an impact. You can't tell me otherwise. And it was a problem. And and the four innings after it, don't make up for it. He's trying his best out there, and I respect that. But I think. I think it's the better of the team to be active, be proactive, rather than wait so long to say, oh, I really hope Steven Matz turns it around and, and throws a gem. You know, he's kind of the one guy in the rotation that you haven't seen that gem from. Flaherty's had one. Michaelis has had one at this point. Jordan Montgomery has had several. And Adam Wainwright's coming into the rotation, and so I don't really count Woodford. Steven Matz, man, I, I don't think he's a bad player, but it's like right now you're not getting enough to overcome, like to justify I think the spot with everything else that's going on with the team, that's what's tough. And it's not fair. It wasn't fair to Jordan Walker, though, that they sent him down because the team was struggling. If the Cardinals were, you know, 15 and 15, they wouldn't have sent down Jordan Walker. I firmly believe that. But they got to a point where they're like, all right, 
with all the losing, we're evaluating every little thing. And this whole outfield thing, let's take a moment to realize it doesn't make any sense. We can't do five guys for three spots when all of them have maybe a claim to playing time. It's going to be too much for the, the, the clubhouse, too much for the psyche. We just can't keep this up. And the easiest move to make was the one that allows Jordan Walker to go down to Memphis to get daily at bats. Don't I'm not saying it was the right one. I'd have I've kept him and I'd have played him in St. Louis every day in right field. And guess what? Have they won a game since? They might have won one game since they moved Jordan Walker. Uh, I don't remember if that happened in the Seattle series. One or two games is the most they could have won. That's all they've had in 11 games. So I'm just saying, like, for anyone that, that said, well, you're overreacting that they should have kept him here. And he really, the, the launch angle, they really needed him to do this. I don't care. They haven't won since. So you can't you can't praise yourself and praise your team and, and say, this is the guy, man. He's going to be able to work through anything, and we trust his maturity, and then turn around a month later and say, no, we need him to get at-bats in Memphis. That's not a Jordan Walker problem. That's a you problem. That's a Cardinals problem. They made one decision, and then they went back on it 28 days later, and you cannot tell me that that doesn't have an impact on everything else that happens around the team. You can't. You can. I just won't believe you. And you can say it really conv- convincingly and convinced and, and like you know what you're talking about, and I'll still respectfully go, all right, I don't agree. So the team, that's kind of the – and clearly, you know, they think it was the right move to send him down. It was either not the right move to send him down or it was never the right move to bring him up. You tell me which, but it cannot be both. That's how I, that, that is how I think of it that way. Um, honestly, sad to watch them all so miserable. I couldn't have imagined the season going this badly. Allie, you're totally right. I could not have imagined it either. Has to be Libby next time around. No, Hunter, it would be for me. But again, Steven Matz did throw four good innings after the first. So I don't know what they'll do. I really don't at this point. I thought it. I, I said it. You could do a dosi do. You send uh, Zach Thompson to the minors. All right, that's your lefty reliever. Matz becomes your Thompson. Libby becomes your Matz. It's a little dosi do, and you're good to go. Um, there was a moment when he faced Mike Trout. It might have been the second inning. Three, three home run. I got to slow down. It would have been a three-run homer if he would have hit one there, and it would have been seven nothing. And I thought, wouldn't be the worst thing, <laughs> because if it happened, you'd at least know for sure. Like, all right, Matz is not making another start, but he gets out of it, throws up some donuts, as Mike Maddox would say, and now you're kind of left in the middle again. And isn't that the the entire story of the Cardinals season? You're in the middle of having five outfielders for three spots, and you can't kind of know which to do on a day to day. You're in the middle of knowing whether to pull Steven Matz or not from your rotation. You're in the middle of knowing whether you should play Tyler O'Neill in center field because he wants to play there, and the metrics say there's upside to it versus just doing what makes you better today. You're in the middle. You're in the middle. You're in the middle. You're caught in between on all these decisions, and guess what? Now you're 10 and 20. There can't be that many facets of a roster that that are just kind of teetering, and it's hard to make bold decisions as a manager when your roster just kind of doesn't, it's not obvious what what you need to do. It's even harder when you feel like I am making bold decisions. I'm sticking to my guns on certain things. But then the performance of other areas on the roster, craters. You think one thing is reliable. You think Zach Thompson is a, a all-star caliber lefty reliever. And then he walks every other batter that he faces for the next week and a half. And you go, what the hell happened? You think that the offense is going to be a force you're not going to have the lulls between scoring outbursts that have plagued the Cardinals for years. And then you have what they're doing right now. And you go, whoa, what happened to the offense? I thought that was something I could count on. 
They don't have one thing they could count on right now to know it's going to be static and it's not going to get worse overnight. The next day, that could be the exact thing. The thing you think is safe, tomorrow that's going to be the thing that they screw up and, and their great defense is never something you have to question and now they can't play defense and they're booting balls all over the infield. Like, I'm not saying they did that today. DeYoung had one that was ruled a hit, but I'm like, what is he doing? I'm not saying that's today. I'm saying, like, it's just an example of what has happened to this team. Every day it's something different. And so the things you think you need to worry about, they might get fixed, but tomorrow it's going to be something else. Mike says, hey, Brendan, why was Yepes not called up? Why do they still have a cheerleader, Motter, just using up a spot? I don't know. It's the wrong decision. It's nothing against Taylor Motter. It's the wrong decision. It's mismanagement by the organization to still have that going. He hasn't been in a game, guys. It's not a Taylor Motter thing when the guy hasn't been in a game. At that point, it's a manager's not going to use him. So is this a protest by Ollie to say, give me somebody I'm going to use? Are they on the same page? Are they not? I don't know, but I don't think... Like, there's a lot of times where I look at the speculation of fans and I go, guys, can we just can we slow down a little bit? Let's try to think about this logically. But when the team's not making logical decisions, you all go ahead because your speculation might be right at that point. I can't discount the possibility. At a certain point, you go, this doesn't make sense for too many days in a row. What is the thought process here? A lot of times, I would say the vast majority of the times, the organization is smarter than us on the outside. They're, they're smarter about things than we than we would maybe like to admit when we're thinking, hey, I know what's best, and they didn't do it the way I thought. A lot of times, we're the ones full of crap. There are other times where you go, I'm looking at it. I can see it. I've got eyes. What's happening here? And those are the moments where you might just be right, and I think we're in one of them right now with uh, the way the bench is being used. Hunter likes the idea of stretching out Thompson. Hate that it was the only move made. Couldn't agree more. Trevor says this team doesn't string hits together nor hit home runs. It doesn't result in many runs, and they should uh, fix that. Yeah, they should. And it's true. Like, do you want to be a team that goes station to station and you have to have four hits to get a to get a run across? Uh, nobody wants that. But they don't have enough strings to get through four, right? And so that's no good. They don't hit home runs, so you're not scoring that way. The way to fix it would be to run more. I've been saying all year, be more aggressive but they just have flat-out refused to steal bases. And Ollie has said, we don't think we need to work on our base running. I disagree at this point. Not that it's been terrible lately, but it's not aggressive enough. It's very uncardinal like It feels like it felt with Matheny. I'm telling you, there are too many things that feel that way where you're like, why is this happening? Well, it's because I don't think Matheny is on top of it, and he's not as good of a manager as maybe the record indicates. That's kind of what I thought then. Not to slight Mike Bethany. He's a he's a great guy. But I just didn't think he was a very good tactician. I spent all year thinking Ollie Marmel was a very good tactician and a good motivator to be able to get the most out of guys because he's a much better communicator, I thought, than Matheny ever was. But what's happening? They're not get they're not doing it. They're not being aggressive. They're not doing what they said they would do. The questions get asked in spring training about, hey, do you guys think these new rules, you would be a team equipped to take advantage of them? Because You guys are usually kind of on top of all the little things of baseball. You think that's going to help the Cardinals. And it wasn't like, and maybe it was Ollie thought, yes, they were going to, but he didn't want to give it away and be like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, you're going to see some things. But he didn't really answer it very emphatically, which is fine. But now you look back at that and go, did they not take as much advantage as they said they would? Like, you've got so many veterans. Paul Goldschmidt is one of the smartest guys in baseball, and he he knows all those little things. You should see him on the backfields in Jupiter, Florida, having conversations with guys about the little things that need to be done. 
I can only assume those conversations are still being uh, taking place in the dugout behind closed doors in the clubhouse. But like they're not happening on the field where you can go, hey, that's a cardinal way kind of play. And and people want to scoff about the cardinal way and it's kind of corny. But like there's merit to it. The Cardinals have played a certain way. They take take advantage of fundamentals. It's what that's what has made for a lot of Cardinals fans, Cardinals baseball so endearing because they have over the course of their history done a lot of those things. But like when the rules change to be able to do even more of it and you're not taking advantage of it with the speed you're supposed to have on this team, Tommy Edmond, Tyler O'Neill. You know, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I really don't. Is it because you're afraid of making a mistake? That's not the place to be. The place to be is make them make a mistake or or rather make them make the right play to get us. Make them make a perfect throw to get us. That's the way the Cardinals used to talk. I haven't heard a lot of that lately. Um, I, I just haven't. I'm just being honest. Uh, they can't go another week of bad play without doing something major, says Brent. The more they lose, the more I think a manager change is needed. They can't stay complacent. I agree they can't stay complacent. I'm going to continue to say I don't think that's the change that was needed, but um, there is change that is needed. And the and the manager change is needed in, in the way that Ali needs to manage differently. I don't think he can just do the same thing. I think he needs to do things that make him uncomfortable. Um, and again, I am uncomfortable even saying that because Ali Marmel knows more about managing a baseball team than I ever will. But from the outside, I can go, well, you're 10 and 20. Can't hurt. Can't hurt to do it different. And, I, and I'm saying that with as much respect as I can because I think he does a great job. But right now, the, the results aren't great, so you have to be willing to change. I thought the problem with Matheny was stubbornness. I think I think Ollie is stubborn in a better way, but he, he is stubborn in some ways. And I think as a manager, you have to be, But I also because otherwise you're just going to say, well, what if I was wrong? You'll start second-guessing everything you do. That's what I mean by you got to be a little stubborn because you got to be convicted in the process that you're that you go through. But at the same time, there could be little things that you tweak. And I think it's to the point where you got to start. It's not that you got to second guess everything. It's that you got to be willing to say, all right, what we're doing is not working. So can we present it a different way? Can we find a way to do that? Allison says, what do you think Mike Shannon would say about the start of the season? Uh, I, I would love to know, man. Mike Shannon's going to be missed, but I think he would, I think he would have, you could hear it in, in at times over the last few years when things weren't, Going well. Remember before that 17 game winning streak in 21, um, Mike Shannon. I mean, if you were listening to the broadcast, he let it fly. He'd tell you if there's bad baseball being played, Mike Shannon would have spotted a lot of bad baseball in the month of April. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, starting kids will solve everything. Come on. I just think my point with the Kisner stuff is that he catches too much of a bad rap. It's not like it's his fault the team's losing. And in fact, I think he brings things in intangibles behind the scene to the table that not everybody gets to see. So that's just I, I want to I get that he's not hitting, but nobody is. So it's not like I'm going to harp on that. Uh, give me a like on the stream if you haven't already. We've got a few more people in here that haven't uh, liked it just based on the numbers. It helps me a lot to know kind of how we're doing, who's paying attention, and uh, could you subscribe if you haven't done that? That's the biggest thing you can do for me if you like the content. If you don't like it, that's fair. Trevor says actions speak louder than words. Ollie, fix the damn thing. Yeah, they need to fix it. I I get it. I agree. Evan says, bring Walker back up. Stop platooning Gorman. Let him find his way to our lineup is lifeless. Yeah, like that's what I mean by you have to be willing to try different processes and say, hey, we thought we had the roster to be a platoon kind of offense, and maybe we don't. Maybe we just need to stick with an eight eight or nine guys a day and say that's who we're going to run out there, and the other guys are bench guys because the, the people in the room right now, it's not, for whatever reason, 
the messaging is not coming across to get them to buy in and successfully be part-time players. Communication is the most important thing when it comes to that. I said that the whole time. Like, I think it's good to be a platoon sort of lineup and take advantage of the modern approach to the game. But if you don't have the players in there that are willing to buy in, you got to recognize that and you got to adjust. And that's the play. Like, it's on the players too to be those types of players. But your 26 man roster is your 26 man roster. It doesn't just change. Like, you got to make a lot of moves if it's going to change. So, as a manager and as a front office, you got to be like, all right, how do we collaboratively go about fixing this? This is the time to do that. It's not next week. Like, it's it's got to be now because otherwise you get too far behind the eight ball. You don't make it back from that. You don't make it back from 10 games out very often unless you find that 17-game winning streak. And I'm going to tell you this, they've used that already this century. They've used their 17-game winning streak. You can't count on another one just popping right up. Allison asks, do you remember the days when it was almost standard for starters to go seven innings? What happened to that trend? Different. It's different times in baseball where they say third time through the lineup, unless you're an elite starter, you're probably not maximizing the team's chances at that point because batters are going to gain an advantage as the game goes along. And I think there's some truth to that, but you've also got to have pitchers that can that can just shove. They, they, need, they need dudes to shove. Jordan Montgomery is a shover. He shoves. When he's on his game, he's yelling into his glove and he's shoving. Jack Flaherty, I think, can get to that point. Adam Wainwright certainly has that within him. Uh, they just need to, and, and Michaelis has done it. They just need to, to have it more consistently. Edwin Diaz is the only potential argument I could see made about a, a starting pitcher uh, being more or less valuable than a reliever. No, I won't even say it about Edwin Diaz. Go look at Edwin Diaz's career and go find me his career wins above replacement. And again, I'm not going to say that that war is the only thing that we should be looking at, but I will promise you, and you can do this almost probably for every year of Major League Baseball, the last, you know, the modern game, you could probably look at it and say whoever the the league leader as a relief pitcher, I'm talking about like a closer, not like a guy who started some, he relieved some. I mean like a full-time reliever who didn't start any games. I will bet you that, for what like the the ace of a team that guy is never that reliever is never going to be more valuable than the ace of a team so you can look at the 30th best starting pitcher and the number one reliever in a given year I'll bet you the starters got a higher war and maybe it's not true of every single year but that's a rarity to have a pitcher that's able to to do that as a reliever and Zach Thompson's not a closer so you're you know you're not going to be in the ultimate leverage in the eighth and ninth every time if you're Zach Thompson it's just not realistic so and this was my argument all the time with Carlos Martinez back when he was, you know, will he, won't he go back to the rotation? I said, I don't know if he can. I don't know if he's physically, like, and mentally, that was his thing. I don't know if mentally he's capable of doing it and being effective again as a starter, but the Cardinals would be better off if he was able to and they put him in that role because starters are always more valuable than relievers. Always. Always. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Palante. Yeah, I don't know why Palante's not on the team right now. I don't, I don't have an answer for it. Um, it's a, I understood, I guess, why they sent him down when they did. They just needed the coverage, and he had gotten shelled that day. But I can't believe he's still down there. Uh, Jared, is there a move this team can make or a situation where the guys in the locker room have to figure it out on their own? Yeah, I think there are. I think they can figure it out on their own, but I think it's not going to happen by magic. So the team should be looking to make a move. What that move is, I don't know. I think it's a series of moves to change the vibe of the clubhouse. And so far, we haven't seen those moves. We saw one move today. How much should you throw on a bet for the L tomorrow? I did say I don't see a world in which the Cardinals win tomorrow. Shohei Otani pitching, the way things are going, 
Maybe that's exactly so cardinals of them to to show up and, and win on that day. I'm not going to give you gambling advice, but I just don't. I'd be shocked if the Cardinals won tomorrow because of the way things are going. We'll see, though. Maybe that's just what they need. If they beat Shohei, they they feel like, hey, we can do anything, guys. Let's rock. Let's go. Like, I don't know if that's what it'll take or not. Luke says, Juan Yepa still being in AAA makes me think they're intentionally sabotaging the season. I have no idea. I can't explain why he's in AAA. There's no good reason for it. Zero. None. None. I don't know if I can be more clear about that. They're, they they are managing that situation improperly. Uh, service time manipulation. Tommy wants to know if there's any of that going on with Thompson, uh, with Walker. No, you're not tweaking. He says, not sure if I'm tweaking or not. Thoughts? I don't think you're tweaking, but I do think that um, it's not a service time thing. Like Walker going down, look at his numbers the last couple of weeks before. I, I, I talked about the four for 10. He was four for 10 with two walks in his final three games but virtually no power. And if you dig in deeper, he did have a very, very high ground ball rate, and that's not conducive for long-term success. And the other factor is, who else were they going to send down? They had to do. They had to send somebody down, they felt like, because they couldn't keep cycling through five players in the outfield for three daily spots because nobody was getting into a rhythm. And so could you send down Burleson instead? You could, um, but Burleson and Walker sort of fill different roles, right? Burleson's a left-handed batter who's going to play more against righties. Uh, and, and then sort of kind of vice versa. Although Walker did have reverse splits in spring training, so I don't know what to make of that. But uh, I, they that was the it was the least of all the evils to say, hey, we think he kind of needs to to get to AAA to get daily at bats anyway. So maybe this is just the way we go about doing that. I don't think it's service time. And with Thompson, I don't think it is either. Look at his last few games; he walks everybody. He's struggled, man. So I think they they couldn't trust him in the role that he was in. I think that's fair because he was struggling in that role, and it just made it a natural transition time to send him to where they can stretch him out as a starter, which long-term, like, there's never a perfect time to make that transition. And that's the problem of bringing up these prospects to say, hey, we we want to get this guy to the big leagues fast, but then he gets here and he's good as a reliever, so he never gets to start again. That's That's where you can talk about stunning their development. How do you find that happy medium? I don't know the answer to that. And so this was as good a time as any to send down Zach Thompson to start because he wasn't performing in the bullpen the last week or so. Alex says if the cards are 35 and 50 around the all-star break, is Ollie still the manager in August? 35 and 50. So that would mean 25 wins and 20 and 30 losses the next 55 games. Um, it's a great question. I'm going to say no, he's not. If they're 15 games under 500 at any point this season, and that could be five days from now if they don't win another game. There needs to be a come-to-Jesus conversation with the guy, I think. Like, I don't think Mo should be a coward about it. I think he should be in his office, and they need to have it out. They might need to fight each other. I don't know what it is. I wouldn't fire Ollie Marmel just because of a losing streak. Um, but if I'm John Mozeliak, like, it needs to be clearly kind of explained and articulated, I guess, of like, hey, man, we're in we're in dire straits right now. What do we think we could do differently you can't just like go down with the ship without changing things. So I would want to see Ollie at least trying to change things before they they say, oh, we're going to fire him because I think he's a good manager. I think this is a dark period of time. But like if this happens for another week, like if they don't win a game for a week, two weeks, eventually you've got to do something, right? Like I, I you could wish and, and, and hope that the guy's the right guy, but if they go another 10 days and don't win a game, let's be really hypothetical and be really dramatic about it. At that point, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't just 
you can't just lose 120 games and be like, well, that was fun. So at some point, yeah, I mean, I, again, I don't think they should make that move before exhausting every other option. But if the Cardinals were 35 and 50, yeah, I mean, that would be bad. Do I think the team has quit on Ollie? No, I wouldn't say that they have. Uh, and Ali says spooked is the perfect word. I do think they're kind of spooked at the way it's gone. I don't think they've quit on Ollie um, by any means, but I do think that the vibes aren't right in the clubhouse. But is that just a product of the losing? Like, I can't be like, I'm the expert in the clubhouse to me. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just a dummy. I don't know. And I'm in there, but I don't know. I'm not in there all the time. I'm in there for five minutes after the game, 10 minutes after the game to talk to Steven Matz as a group and then see nobody else really around. You know, there there are some people around, but it's like, all right, after a loss like tonight, you're pretend you're a, a sports writer or a TV person. Who do you want to talk to? Offensively, I mean, really, who are you going to talk to? No, there's nobody notable that did anything. So it, you're, you're going to talk to a team leader is what you want to see. And sometimes those guys either went home or they're in the shower or they're working out or they're in the training room. Like there's all those things that could be happening. And so don't don't hear what I'm not saying about the Cardinals are shirking their responsibility to the media. No, there, I'm sure there were people that talked. I just didn't wait. I was like, I'm not I'm not waiting around to hear the same answer. That's kind of what my mindset was. And I drive 40 minutes to get home. And so uh, I just and I and I do a podcast afterwards. So I at some point I said, there's nobody else I need to talk to tonight. Uh, so that's what it is. But, like, it's hard for me to say, oh, the team has quit on Ollie. I just think that's a very damning – that'd be a very damning thing to say, and I don't get the sense that it's true. Um, but I do think the energy is not what it could be. Is that a fair way to say it? The energy and, like, the the crisp nature of their the way they go about it is not what it could be. But is that – am I just saying that because I see them losing every day? That, you know – chicken or the egg are they are they playing so bad or is it because they have something deeper going on that is why they're playing bad sometimes it's just results oriented and you don't like to make grand proclamations about a losing streak uh, because those happen it's just this one's lasting a little longer and it is disappointing because I think the talent is so much higher than that so that's kind of where I'm at with it they're so spooked they're afraid to swing at the ball says Trevor play with confidence some passion have fun Team is lifeless. Yeah, passion and confidence, I agree. They've got passion. You know, Nolan's got passion, but he doesn't have confidence. And very few in that lineup, I would say, right now do. So, uh, Luke wants him to take uh, tank for uh, Caglianoni. I don't know how to say his name. Um, Ryan thinks I'm being level-headed. Well, that's good. I, I, I do appreciate that. I don't mean to be sarcastic. Uh, Tim, aside from Arenado and Goldsmith, seems like they have a roster of pretty good players that they hope can mix and match effectively for positive results and nothing is working. That's the way they're built. You nailed it. That is the way they're built and it's not working out. And they might have a group of guys that mentally don't like being mixed and matched. And maybe it gets to them and it saps their confidence. And if that's the the personalities you have in the clubhouse, you're in trouble because that's the way you're built. So like I said, they've got to go about it a certain way to fix it. And I don't know exactly how you find that. Um, Not many teams climb out of this hole mathematically. You're right about that. Although Joe says this whole what? Yeah, Trevor spelled hole wrong. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Nolan needs to not be in the fourth hole. I'll take a drink of water and explain exactly why I agree with Michael on that. Michael said, I also like Wilson in the five hole and below. If he isn't right, he's a rally killer. Um, and, and he's curious to hear my thoughts on O'Neill as well. Yeah, he has zero pitch recognition right now, but so do all of them. Again, it's a team-wide problem to me. And Tyler had a hit tonight, so it, you know that's part of it, but... 
Yeah, I, I I think pitch recognition is a problem top to bottom. And I agree with Arenado. He shouldn't bat cleanup. I think he, that's where he wants to be. I get it. And a lot of times that's where his, his performance is dictated to be. He is killing them right now. And, like, every time he comes up, I think, oh, he's going to get out of it. But when he doesn't, like, unless you think as a manager, like, I'm going to literally kill this guy's confidence by moving him because that's his personality and I don't want to do that, maybe that's how all he feels. And you probably would have to have a, a heart-to-heart with a guy before you do something like that and say, listen, man, I know you're going to be out of this. You're going to break out of this soon. But right now we're going to make a move, and, and we're going to move you down a spot or two just because we're trying to spark something. It's not a personal thing. Like maybe you have to massage that a little bit. But it's what I would do. It's what I would do, man, unless I was sure that I was going to lose. Because you talk about losing the clubhouse. I don't think that's happened. But if Arenado, if you're if you're not – if you don't have Arenado bought in, then you're in trouble. And I don't think that's the case. I think he knows that he's as big of a reason as anybody that they're struggling. Um, but you do have to kind of massage those situations carefully. But, Michael, I agree I'd move him down. And and Wilson moving down is fine. But the other day, he was one of the only guys swinging it well. And so you move him to three and see if that can spark it. They're trying some things. I would I would do even more of it. Uh, Juan has the experience. He can be a great DH versus lefties. Yeah, I would give him the chance, man. Although they do have other guys that that they want to get in versus lefties. Um, but, yeah, I would have him on this team. There's no doubt. Joe says, fire Ollie, hire Juan Yep as his player manager. Yeah, that would be something. I don't really think they're going to do that. Uh, but I appreciate the the comment. Would it be great for Ollie to do something to change the trajectory in some way? So tired of him saying we need to put it together, yada, yada. Please have some fire. Yep, I agree. And I continue to say it doesn't matter what he says in the postgame. Um, but, you know, it just has to happen in the room. But the post game is the only thing we see on the outside, right? And so you wanna you wanna see the fire then, uh, as long as he's having the fire at some point. But again, I thought the line that he gave me on uh, in response to my question about kind of like the league's not you know the league's not feeling sorry for us, and I thought he was a little bit zesty in that comment. Y'all think so? I thought he was, and I like to hear it. Uh, stop with the fire, Ollie stuff. Ollie said tonight what Contreras has said: we're pitching too soft. They're playing too soft. They're hitting too soft. They're pitching too soft. They need a they need a benches clearing brawl, bro, in the worst way, and that's the thing that Ollie can be on. The, and no, you don't want to create a brawl. Don't get me suspended. But I think that if you get a chance to get thrown out of a game and you're Ollie Marmel, man, he needs to cover up home plate with some dirt. He needs to do an army crawl like that minor league manager. He needs to rip a base out and sign it with a sharpie and give it to a fan. Like yes, they need something crazy. And that's why I kind of asked him about, do you need a flashpoint moment? And at first he didn't really maybe vibe with the question I was asking, but I, I stand by it. I think there needs to be a turning point kind of moment. And and that's not like a, a walk off ground out to, to shortstop. Like they need, they need some big things to happen. They need some, some grand things to take place. I think to pull them out of this, um, if that makes me a, a you know, a noob for saying, Oh, they need to, it, it, something spectacular needs to happen. I don't care. At this point, it really does. That's the feeling I have about the team, that they've got to have something crazy happen to, to pull themselves out of it. I don't know what it's going to be, but there's got to be. Janelle, were there boos after the game? Uh, Yeah, there were. There were a few, but it was kind of like there was like probably 8,000 people left, and they're all kind of like, oh, boo, this sucks. And then they didn't boo any longer because they were just like, I'm over it. I'm apathetic. And that's a bad place for a fan base to be. I remember 2016 was my first year covering the Cardinals and by the end of that season, man, fans were apathetic. They weren't showing up. Uh, just wasn't good. There were some boos, though. And I and I said, oh, someone mentioned in the press box, they're like, oh, they're booing. And I said, they should be booing. Like, 
That's exactly what I said because it, it's it's booable baseball right now, folks. Um, Ace says, "I know it's not right, but do we need a fight?" Yes, they need. They, yes, if that makes me a bad person to say, like, don't be beanballing anybody in the head, but get get a little ornery. They need to be ornery. They need to be not okay with it. And and Ollie can say as many times as he wants that they're not okay with it, but you have to physically not be okay with it. And like. That has to manifest in the way you're doing. I want to see more broken bats. I want to see, I want to see some crazy stuff, man. Like, come on, something's got to give. Jared says he's about done watching Tyler as a starter anymore. Five sixty OPS uh, or slug in 2021, which is very good. Every other year, OPS of three eighty. Besides that one, um, we know who he is. It's about time to see that. I don't know, man. Like. I don't know. He should he should be more consistent than he's been. Um, he's one of many guys struggling right now, so I don't want to put the onus on him. He scored the only run tonight. He had a base hit to you – know, he's the first one to break through with a hit tonight. But they've got a lot of players, man, that are not living up to expectations. And I made the, cl- the claim that they should be – he's a 650 OPS right now. I made the claim that they should be a top offense and maybe lead the league and run scored based on what I saw the first week. And then poof, since then it's just been completely different. And like, I don't know what has to change, but it's clear that it's not going the right way for all of them offensively. Y'all miss Jeff Albert? I'm kidding. It's not a hitting coach thing to me. It's like those guys are there to try to be resources, and I hope they're doing the best they can to to fix it. But these players, man, individually have got to put the onus on themselves. And, And Nolan needs to start the fight. Yeah, they need to get mad at somebody else, man, on another team. They got to have a little bit of honoriness to their game. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Don't hurt anybody. Don't get suspended. But, yeah, come on. Let's have at least like a fake fight where we all kind of like untuck our jerseys out there. Ah, the bullpens run in. Who was it? Was it Gallegos that jumped over the ledge, over the, the bullpen wall? Something. Joe says, how many ways can we try to analyze, pick apart, or reword the poor performance of this team? for just simply accepting that the personnel isn't good enough. I don't know, Joe. That's a good it's a good question. I'm not ready to accept it though because it's the same group that it was last year basically, but you added some more young interesting talent to the mix, I thought. And you you got better in theory at catcher at least offensively. So that's why I'm not ready to do that just yet. Uh Brent says not a baseball question. I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciate your streams. As someone who wants to have a similar platform, your stuff is amazing. I appreciate you saying that, and I really am trying to build the hell out of this. I, I don't know if I would be having more success or less success if the Cardinals were were good. Like, if they were having a good season. Like, in October, the streams would be popping if they were if we got to an October where they were in the playoffs or, or making a run. Uh, but there have been a lot of people joining that have had a lot of negative things to say about the team, and they're right, but they just kind of want to vent that out. I don't know if I, if I thank the Cardinals for that because I've only been doing this for a month. Um, but I want to continue to build it up. So, hey, if you are if you know a Cardinals fan and you enjoy the stream, tell your Cardinals fan friend about it and say, hey, jump in. The water's warm. We're having a fun time over here. But thank you, Brent. I do appreciate that comment. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel, please do. It would really help me out. I hate to be that guy to beg, but I kind of am. I don't really hate it that much because, uh, I mean, it's we're almost an hour and a half into this thing. I'm just sitting here at a microphone talking. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do it if I didn't have you guys to talk to and to have the comments. Um, I enjoyed doing a Twitter spaces the other day. Y'all should tweet at Elon Musk and say, Hey, I'd rather be able to do this with Brendan Schaefer where he can take my question and I can talk on the broadcast. Uh, and I would too, cause my voice wouldn't get as tired, 
but I can't do these on Twitter as much because I there's no future of getting monetized and getting paid for them. And so, like, until Elon Musk changes it, which I think he's in the process of doing, that would be great. But for right now, like, I know what I got to do on YouTube. I got to get to this many subscribers. I have to get to this many hours of people watching my content. And at that point, I can start doing some things. Um, and then it's not, and not to say it's a waste of time now because I enjoy doing it. I wouldn't do it if I didn't. But it is something that I would like to become a revenue stream down the road. And so that's why you put in the work and and, and do this kind of stuff with you guys. Brian says, obviously, the Stiefel deal takes months to work out. But, man, that announcement couldn't have come at a worse time. Ryan, dude, you're right. And, I, and like, not to even get too far into it and, and be, I, I don't mean to be off color or anything or disrespectful, but, like, you just had the death of a franchise icon in Mike Shannon as well. And what do a lot of times they do after something like that? You you have a uniform patch. And, no, it's not realistic to say the Cardinals could have drummed up a, a Mike Shannon patch uh, within, you know, a couple of days. That's not realistic. But what they did end up doing, like, again, not their fault. This was planned months in advance. I'm sure they knew about when it was going to drop and they were ready to drop it the, the beginning of May. That sucks. <laughs> like, the fact that all that, the team's playing terrible. You want the focus to be on remembering Mike Shannon, and it's just like, I mean, it's some Seinfeld-level stuff of things just like, oh, you can't explain it, but that's just, that's awkward. That's going wrong. Like, and that's been this Cardinals season right now. The Cardinals are stifled right now. I think it's pronounced Stiefel, but I totally agree with you, J-Row. Uh, John says, we lost the ability to turn double plays. A lot of bobbling of baseballs. Yeah, it's not crisp, is it? The infield play is not crisp, and that is so un-Cardinals, man. It's rough. It really is. Does the whole team have the yips, like all 26? I don't think that's the case, but it's just not crispy, man. It's not they're – not ma- they're not making the above and beyond play hardly ever right now, and that sucks. Uh, they're 10 and 20. Any words go, said Trevor. Michael says uh, – could be jumping, and he was talking about yips. You're not supposed to say yips. I get it. Could be jumping the gun here, but it seems like Young is starting to regress again. Yeah. I was wondering when we were, <laughs> we were going to get to that. He did get a hit today. So, I mean, if his average is 346, you're just going to keep you going to keep riding that till the wheels fall off. Um, so, he had one base hit today. Um, I mean, his OPS is 1,000. But, yeah, I mean, he's not noticeable. Nobody is right now noticeable. So, you're going to keep playing him. But it's like he's they need that guy that's gonna be a difference maker in the lineup. Young can do that with homers, and so they're probably gonna keep playing him, and I don't have a problem with it. If the numbers are what they are, you you got there somehow. So keep it keep it that way. But yeah, I hear you on DeYoung. We'll keep an eye out. Jacob, who is that vocal clubhouse leader? Wayno is a pitcher, but who's the hitter? I would think that it's Nolan Arenado. And you know what the problem is right now? He's been their worst player. Like on the field, he's been their worst hitter. And so how does a clubhouse hear that guy do a rah-rah speech? I'll tell you how. He doesn't give one. You can't be Nolan Arenado right now and give a rah-rah speech. And I think that could be you might have just got tapped into the very thing that's causing issues for the Cardinals right now. Not that they're looking at Nolan going, this guy sucks. He can't be our leader. But that internally, they all know Nolan's going through it, and they know what Nolan's like when he goes through it, right? They know that he's... He's 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 on edge. He's he's a passionate guy that wants to win and wants to be a reason the team can thrive. And so if everybody's looking at Nolan like, yeah, man, I really would like to see him come around, you're kind of tentative in your own ways because you're like the it the vibe is off because that's the guy that would be would be, you know, 
bravehearting us out of this thing with a rally cry, and he can't give it because he's OPSing 588 or whatever it is. So there might be some validity to that, and there's no right answer. There's no way to just fix that, but they do need Arenado to be. And that's why I've said, you've if you've seen me stream, you've heard me say it before, the Cardinals don't get where they want to go if Arenado was not Arenado. So that's what they need. But he is that vocal leader. Like It's not to say that Goldie isn't vocal either. I think Goldie's leadership style is to go guy to guy and have those in-depth conversations with those guys about the details. It's not like, and it's not to say he's never given a clubhouse speech. We probably don't find out about it, but it's not always the attention. Like I'm giving a toast at a wedding, hit my spoon against the cup. Like it's not, I don't think it's always like that. That's not the the way we think of it in movies or like the couple of times you go, oh, I heard Jason Hayward made a, a speech at, at, during the rain delay of World Series game seven. That's, you know, it doesn't always go that way. But if you ask me who's the vocal leader, I feel like that's got to be Nolan Arenado. And right now it's hard to be that guy and like give a rah-rah when you're playing the way he is. And I say playing the way he's hitting. Like his fielding has been fine, but he's hitting just, it's not there right now. Um, We're still arguing about whether to say yips or not. Uh, Tim says, team meeting, sit down, come to Jesus. Would that do anything? Yeah, but here's the thing. What if they've already kind of had a couple of those meetings, right? Like, don't they lose their impact the more of them you do? I think there's validity to that. So if they've already been sort of having some of these, if it's team only, if it's manager-led, if it's a combo, you know, if it's a mo, you know, whatever it is, you can't just do that every day because then it's like, all right, I don't buy this. I'm not bought into what's going on here. We just stink. So, like, you got to be careful with when you do that. But the team should always be meeting with with each other and, and kind of having those conversations. And I do think right now they need more large group conversations than than you than you typically would. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Janelle says, question what happened to there being a standard in, in St. Louis? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think they want they want the standard to be what, what y'all want it to be, but right now it's not. Team turns it around when Nolan turns it around, point blank, period. I agree. Everyone says the offense is good, Joe says, but it's overrated. Not a single outfielder has been league average offensively. Wilson's just okay, and Arenado's been bad. Yeah, why you, you want to know why you're 10 and 20. That's why. You described it right there. The outfield hasn't been a strength offensively. Nowhere has been a strength offensively. Gorman's numbers are still there, but they're gonna they're starting to decline a little bit. But you don't have that many guys batting above, you know, whatever, seven seventy five, whatever you think a good OPS would be. John says hitting is everything. They can't win if you can't score. I agree. You don't win if you don't score. I've said that a lot of times about this team. Contreras has been better. He'll be okay. Solar Arnado. I think that's right, but it's got to happen sooner than later because you can't get to 10 and 25 and be like, yeah, we'll be fine. Like, realistically, y'all know math. It ain't going to work that way. Time to consolidate the outfield talent for a proven hitter, then call up Yepes. Well, what do you mean? Consolidate. Like, in a trade? Because, again, they tried to make trades in the offseason. But, like, if you're the Cardinals in the offseason, do you want to trade away Gorman or do you want to trade away uh, Tyler O'Neill? You want to trade a you know, b- better example. Do you want to trade away Lars Newtbar or Tyler O'Neill? If you're the Cardinals, and, and, like, it's hard now because we have the benefit of seeing a month of play, but try to think back to the way you felt about those players in the offseason. I can tell you the Cardinals probably would have preferred to trade Tyler O'Neill and keep Lars Newtbar. I can tell you that based on reports, MLB teams wanted to trade for Lars Newpar and didn't want Tyler O'Neill. What are you to do if you're John Moselak? So the thought, Joe, to consolidate, that's not how it works. 
It's not MLB the show. You cannot trade three average players for one good player. It won't. Teams are going to laugh you off the phone. And they didn't make any trades because I think the Cardinals, yeah, they thought Lars Newbar was a better player too. That's why they kept him. When they said, well, we'll trade you Sean Murphy to be your catcher for Lars Newbar and Brendan Donovan reportedly. Cardinals said, no, thanks. But they probably said to some other teams or to that same team, hey, we'll give you Tyler O'Neill," And they're saying, yeah, that's okay. Not as much team control. Not as much consistency in performance, health questions. Like, is that a possibility? I'm not reporting that this happened. I don't know. But is it a possibility? Yeah, I think it's pretty plausible that it went down that way. And so you're not going to just consolidate. It doesn't work that way. But I do agree with calling up Yepes. You do have to change something. You are 10 and 20, and that's tough. My viewing experience now goes, once they get behind, I turn it off because I know they have zero fight and don't care at that point. No point in watching after they're behind. It kind of felt that way tonight after the first inning. I'll say that. I think the legendary Wainwright gets our first series win guaranteed. Hope hope so, lol. LOL from Ace. Uh, yeah, we'll see, man. And he said, uh, we've won a series. And Ace says the first game of a series they haven't won. But if he pitches Saturday, that'll be game two of a series. So you better hope that he doesn't wait another, like whenever he happens to line up as the first start of a series. It might be the next week. But that's too long to wait. They need to win one. Um, Less fight than a team trying to lose in Oakland. Yeah, those players aren't trying to lose, but their management sure is. Brendan, good night. Tomorrow will be different. You're right. Tomorrow we get to see Otani. Uh, We've been going for 90 minutes. I'm going to scroll through kind of like I do toward the end and see if I've got any bangers in the comments section. Yeah, they could use an Adelise, a Gallon, Alcantara, Rosarena, um, but they don't have them. Uh, Tim says, don't dwell in the past. Let's see if there's a banger of a question in here. Not to, I hate to scroll through so many comments, but it's getting late. We got to get this thing on the road. Uh, Phillips says, if we don't get in the right, get it right in the Tiger series, might be involved with the Cubs, Red Sox, Brewers, and Dodgers. It could get ugly. Uh, might be in trouble because that's the teams that are, you're playing after the fact. You're darn right, Philip. It could get ugly, man. You got to beat the Tigers. You got to win two out of three. For sure. No ifs, ands, buts. You have to. Player dev and scouting can't be called bad when the, the guys being traded are good. Uh, but, but J-Row, you can say that, you can say that pl- player development and scouting is bad because they didn't do it with the Cardinals. They did it elsewhere. I'm not saying it's bad, but you can say there are questions about, well, why didn't their scouting know not to trade those players? That's a valid question. So I don't think, I don't know who J-Row was calling out, but my take is you know, what it is there. Uh, Luke says that Fangraphs has the Cardinals projected finish tied for first with 85 wins. That's crazy. I like to hear that. I don't think it's, I don't think it's impossible that it happens. How are the Pirates going to only win 85 though, the way they're playing, right? Now the Brewers, I think are probably the odds on favorite right now, but don't, I mean, I, I don't think you can count the Cardinals out, but the more they do this, the more you can count them out. Uh, the Cardinals found them and brought them in. They did, they did, but you, you have to be able to say, here's how you get the most out of those guys at the big league level. Cardinals don't get credit for finding those guys and then having them go be great elsewhere. They don't get credit for that. That's not right. They, If they were so great, they should have been here. And uh, there are some examples where you say, eh, the whole league missed on Adelise Garcia. They didn't, you know, nobody knew. They, they He got DFA'd and nobody picked him up. So it's not just the Cardinals at that point. But a lot of those other ones... The pitching in particular, you can look at it and go, wow, that was a whiff. 
If the Cardinals trade Yepes to another team, this is Luke here, then he's a staple in the lineup of whatever team and hits for an 850 OPS, and they have him in AAA. Yeah, that wouldn't be good, Luke. That would not be good. I don't think they should trade him. I think they should call him up. Clayton's here. What's up? Paul, what's going on? Watching at work. Appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe, guys. Before you head out, make sure you subscribe. Scott, I'm reading the bottoms right now because there's some new comments in here. Uh, Scott says, the first time managing to make it on the live, watched until the end of the second, decided he'd rather sleep instead of staying awake and watching that trash. Yeah, man, I hear you. Uh, you didn't miss anything, is honestly. I mean, it was like every other game they've lost this year is kind of how it felt. But Scott, Paul, CJ, I appreciate you guys being here. Clayton, what's going on? Um, I wish I could figure out how to do this chat a little better to where I can maybe live chat. All messages are visible. I could kind of, oh, they all that does is take away potential spam. I, I have it set to where you could see everything. So um, if there's ever any spam, I figure you all will take care of it before I see it. Uh, Ryan says the only reliable thing about CMART was where he would be at 1 a.m. on Sunday or on Saturday, maybe Sunday too. Yep, that's fair. I don't, I don't, I don't even disagree with you at this point. We've all seen the way his career has unfolded since. Guy could not keep it straight, man. It's a shame because he had a lot of talent, but he he did not have the mental maturity that he needed uh, by by any stretch. Uh, I think we've gotten through most of these. I'm gonna go ahead and call it here. Is what we're gonna do. But if there's something that you want to discuss that you didn't get to talk about, at B Schaefer 12, you can DM me. Uh, subscribe on. YouTube, and if you really like the content, I've got a link to the Patreon there in the description. Uh, that's another way to support the content. Haven't done a bonus pod yet this week, but we'll get to it. I'll try to do one tomorrow for you guys that are on Patreon. Um, but that's how you can support the content if you enjoy it. Other than that, it's tell your friends, retweet the streams when we do them, and make sure you're subscribed um, because uh, this is a lot of fun, and I'm enjoying growing the channel with you guys. I'm sorry the Cardinals aren't winning more games. I can't control that, but I do hope they figure it out. Uh, tomorrow, we'll we'll see about do, going live. It's honestly dependent upon how quick the game goes. But clearly, there's still 42 of you here right now, and it's 1230 a.m. So I guess, I guess we'll do it either way, as long as it's not like an extra inning game. So thank you guys so much for joining. Appreciate you, as always, uh, at bshafer12 on Twitter, everywhere you're going to find me. Thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of Shafe Daily Live. We'll talk to you next time. Peace.